Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. Week one locks is finally here, and we are doing it live, as we will every single Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, youtube.com slash cover three. If you are tuned in, I'm looking at you, Andrew. I'm looking at you, Brandon. I'm looking at you, other Brandon. Looking at you, Eddie. Looking at you, Ryan. Jump in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, FIU in the points tonight, right? BY is 65. I don't know, man. I wouldn't touch FIU with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would never bet on FIU. Frankly, anybody who does is a degenerate. Yes. Just like uh, the people who went there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dwight, also good to see you. Bud, in the house as we are uh, here live for our week one locks. Uh, one of the things that we do at the very beginning of these shows is just a very, very quick review of the previous week to set us up. So let us see how everyone did. Tom, it was a two and two week. Uh, caught an L on the Yukon plus 27 and a half and on Hawaii plus 18. A winner with your beloved Miners and New Mexico State team total under 23 and a half. Never a doubt. They only had a single field goal. Uh, any notes from the uh, from the week zero slate? Uh, I mean, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But Bud's talked about it, too, like. We did really well as a team, and that's great, even though I was only two and two. But like the lines were so wildly off so far, like even including last night's game where UAB closed as a 15 and a half point favorite and won by 31. So far, we are seeing like a difference between the final spread and the final score of an average of 12.9 points per game in in games involving FBS teams. So it's it's been a wild first few days. Chip, first of all, Holt. Chip, Danny, Bud. Lock Unity goes for a win. That's San Jose State covering the 23 and a half. Uh, caught double lock fight win against DK. Um, you know, Illinois plus seven. Illinois, Nebraska under. Though that under, goodness <laughs> gracious. That thing uh, was, a, was a miracle. And then uh, Fresno, UConn under 63. UConn did not score a single point. Feeling good about where we are there. Danny went three and two. Uh, the win on San Jose State, a win on the Fresno UConn under, and a win on the under for UTEP New Mexico State whole game. Uh, catching a little L on those two lock fights. Danny, uh, notes, thoughts from week zero. Hey, I'm happy to be over 500. Like, I feel like I'm flying blind of some sorts because we don't have any information, right? Total of new rosters. You know, we've got first year coaches, we got new quarterbacks. 
Um, so I'm just happy to be like, I feel like I should get stronger the more games we actually get to watch. So early in the season, just trying to look for edges, trying to find small little advantages here and there. So I'll take it all day long. Although I did, I did take some live bets in the Nebraska Illinois game that I loved while they were happening. It got down to where Nebraska was a two and a half point favorite and the total went down to 42 and a half. So I jumped on both, got the over the 42 and a half and came up short on the Nebraska minus two and a half. But I still kind of liked it from the way the game was unfolding in the first half. Clearly got the over, but uh, was wrong on Nebraska all along. Never well, again will I bet on Adrian Martinez. That's just that's, period. That's like a, that's a note for me. Yeah, never right. again. Done. One week in and we've got a principal already. Yep. <laughs> Bud, uh, bringing it home, 6-0, and oh, like Andrew and uh, a bunch of other Cover 3 listeners just loving uh, the UCLA triple up. Once again, for those listening, that was minus 9.5 in the first half, minus 4.5 in the first quarter, and team total first half over 22.5. Also, the lock unity with San Jose State and the under with UTEP New Mexico. Uh, Bud, what do you think about your 6-0 and oh week? I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not going to give it back. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, I probably won't go six and every week. But I, I do think that there's a whole lot of variance in these numbers. Um, this is kind of a weird week because a lot of these have been out for a month, right? Um, next week is really, to me, next week is kind of the week one as far as lines that haven't been out a whole month. I've got a lot of stuff on my sheet that I'm like, this is a cross off. It's a cross off. Because I feel like I miss the best of the number. You know, there's some stuff out there. It's like, oh, do I take plus 22? Well, no, because it opened 28, right? Um, but you got to you got to see your spots and 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 you got to pounce early, I think. And then, like Danny said, watch the games, figure out what you were wrong about, figure out why you're wrong about it, uh, and and adjust. I mean, UCLA covered for me all three ways plus the money line, and yet I still wasn't that impressed with Dorian Thompson Robinson. So I, I'm not like super chomping at the bit to bet that this week. All right. Y'all ready? Week one. Y'all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. As much. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Since 2005 when Service Academy's locked. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The under is 33.91. We've gone over it 80 million times. You want these locks. I'm I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, so uh, six and zero oh plus six does give the honors on the tee box for week one to Mr. Bud Elliott. You can take it according to the rule wherever you want to go. Uh, for the listeners who are getting it, I would suggest if you got any Thursdays that we try to get those here at the beginning of the show. Uh, for I know some people listen to it in segments, but uh, the rule is you can take us anywhere you want to go. All right. Well, I will. I will go ahead and take these honors on the box. And there's a whole lot of good Thursday games to take a look at here. Keep in mind that Temple and Rutgers. Uh, I do have a play on that, but that got moved to Saturday. So I will. Uh, I will go ahead and hold that. Um, I'm going to take us to to Raleigh. This number uh, has passed over uh, what it opened at. It opened, I think, 15. It's now 18, 19. Look, guys, 18 and 19 in college football are pretty much dead numbers. People don't generally win by 18 or 19, so I don't really care. Uh, for the purpose of the pod, though, I mean, I'll, I'll take my – I see two 18 and a halfs, uh, but I'll give out 19. It's a little more widely available, I guess, at, at even you know even juice. Go ahead and give me NC State. Uh, I like the Wolfpack. I think power ratings do not really 
do them a, a service with Leary having missed about half the year last year. And I think he's a much better quarterback than Hockman was. And I think that they will have a big-time advantage on both lines of scrimmage against a USF team that I think Jeff Scott is doing a good job there, but I think they're very far away. Point of order, if there are 18 and a halfs available, you get it at 18 and a half. All right, I'll take the 18 and a half. I, yeah. I see even we, better. I still see a 17 and a half. Do you guys not? Where? I do not see that. Danny's got this. I got Danny's on ass. Bootleg. <laughs> I, I actually don't want the 17 and a half because I feel like people are going to call me out on, on, on you know taking fake numbers. So I, I, I do see some 18 and a half. So I'll, I'll take the 18 and a half. But you're still comfortable with it at 19. Yes. Because 19 is a dead number. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Lock agreement there um, would take up to 20. Like, let, let it keep riding. If you're listening to this a little bit later and it's Thursday, um, we've talked a lot about the NC State team, discussed them on the ACC win totals. And um, guys, it was, it was a very nice 69 degrees when I woke up. It feels amazing in Raleigh, North Carolina right now. Feel good. Play good. The energy in that stadium is going to be uh, electric. And I do think that while I was initially considering just a first half play on the Bud Elliott principle that with a road trip coming up to Mississippi State, that in the second half, if they have created a lot of distance, that they might, you know, park the bus, just be handing the ball off, not try to do anything too crazy. I still think that over the course of four quarters, the difference between these two teams, NC State, the fourth best team in the ACC, and USF, one of the three worst teams in the American Athletic Conference, is three touchdowns. So would take this up to 20. Uh, if you want to make that first half play, I like it, but I'm going to go NC State full game for the lock spot. Chip, I think the other reason why I don't want the first half necessarily is because you're on, you're on the other side of a tougher number. It's pretty much painted ten and a half across the board. I'd rather lay nineteen full game than ten and a half here. All right, so we got two lock agreement two in on uh, NC State. I've got a I've got another. I've got two other Thursdays. Jeez. Okay. Oh, got two. Okay, I've got one Thursday. So what's yours? I'm going over uh, the total in Ohio State Minnesota, and do I still have it under 63, 62 and a half somewhere there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, sixty-three obviously key number. Yeah, I got sixty-two and a half. Yeah, there's yeah, plenty of sixty-two and a half. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, and punch that up. I'm I I'm a little bit wary of laying the points with the Ohio State because my only question mark about this Ohio State Buckeyes team is on the back end of the defense. I think they're awesome along the defensive line. I think that offensively, we you know discussed. Uh, ad nauseum about how explosive this team can be, uh, especially at the wide receiver running back position. And CJ Stroud should be really good. So as I'm playing out this game in my mind, I don't think Minnesota, I mean, there's been nothing from Minnesota's defense that leads me to believe that they are going to be the ones that are going to really create some stops. And it might be an over that I have to sweat a little bit. Maybe they sputter a little bit out of the gates, you know, I think we got blackout status uh, for the Golden Gophers. And listen, blackout Iowa, got Ohio State back in the day. You know, you've got a a blackout Purdue, got Ohio State back in the day. But that wasn't a Ryan Day Ohio State team. I think that they're going to be able to put up points. And it's a little bit of respect for Tanner Morgan, Muhammad Ibrahim, and this Minnesota team that I don't think is, I mean, they've got no reason to quit. Like I, I could see some garbage time touchdowns uh, being able to get us to where we need to go to get 63 or more. Uh, Ohio State, and I'm gonna, I've said this uh, on CBS Sports HQ all week, 
But Ohio State gets off the bus in 2021 and scores 40 points, period. And I, I think that they could hit 50 in this game. And I think that uh, we can get a couple of touchdowns from the Gophers as well. So give me the over 62 and a half. I am also making a play on this game, but it is not on the total because I am not a coward. I am going to lay the points with Ohio State. Now, there is a 13 and a half available at one shot, but it is heavily juiced. And I would rather I'm so confident in it. I would rather just take a, you know, the regularly juiced play. So I'm going to take Ohio State minus 14 against the Gophers. I just you're right, Chip. Ohio State's going to show up and score 40 on everybody. I don't know that Minnesota can score more than 24 on Ohio State. And I also, you know, just looking at trends too, like since Ryan Day's taken over the job on the road in Big Ten games, like we've talked about how they haven't lost any Big Ten games, but they're also monsters against the spread on the road under Ryan Day. They've been five and one against the spread in his six road games within the conference. I just think that Minnesota, I have some questions about them. I think that they're getting a couple players back on the offensive line, which is huge, but I think, I don't know, they, I'm not 100% certain on the status of Chris Ottman-Bell, how healthy he is. I know he's been injured in camp, but I have, you know, what you have heard is he's progressing well. I do expect him to play tonight. But that offense last year, I know there were problems on the offensive line, but I just didn't really like the offense and its plan very much. And I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do against this Ohio State defense. I'm not sure if they have the receivers to really test that Ohio State secondary. So I think that this could end up being a boat race, which is absolutely nothing about Minnesota because – I think Ohio State's capable of boat racing everybody in the Big Ten, and it's just kind of something you have to deal with. I'm in lock agreement with one of you. I'm going with Chip. I'm going oh, on the total. Give me the over. <laughs> There's something about this game. Like, if I, I was leaning towards possibly taking Minnesota, P.J. Flex 4-0 as a double-digit dog in the last three years with Minnesota, but I just don't have a certainty about it. I think it's kind of, it's a tough spot because I think there's the human tendency of the Ohio State Buckeyes to be looking forward to the Oregon game. Like, let's just, like, it's just, it's a distraction. And, but you have to go on the road in a hostile environment with the quarterback making his first start. But as I've said all along, this offense, my nine year old daughter might be able to go out there and hit the over for us. So if she can, I'm going to do it with CJ Stroud. And I do think the reason I kind of like Minnesota to hang around. Is they're not going to be anywhere near as explosive as Ohio State, but they got five veterans on the offensive line, four redshirt seniors, and another senior on there. They got a great back in uh in Ibrahim. And I'm still not sold on Ohio State's defense. Like we know Kerry Combs is going to get more multiple and he's going to start throwing more looks, but I still need to see that back end get a little bit better. And I want to see a defensive line that is a little bit more dominant than we saw last year for Ohio State. So I'm just gonna play the over on this one. Um, so that's where I am with this one. Somewhere Barton sheds a single tear. The over army has returned. <laughs> yes. That's right. We're back. Um, all right. Go ahead, Buck. I'm just really interested if if Chris Altman Bell plays. Um, he said the, the last thing I, I could find Flex saying about this, and, and for those of y'all who don't know, Altman Bell is the stud receiver for for Minnesota. And I really don't think they have a whole lot of other good good receivers out there. Like he's very important to this attack. Uh quote. Altman Bell is a little more kind of advanced in terms of a game time decision, but I won't make that call. Chris will make that call along with our medical team. He's kind of more day to day now. We want to do what's best for Chris. Like that's not super confidence inspiring for me. I, I, I really thought about betting Ohio state here. I also thought about betting Ohio state team total 38 and a half. Mm. Uh, 
But that's a good play. I'm not going to lock that up, but I'll, I'll go ahead and comment right there. If I'm going to stick by my 40 points every time they get off the bus, 38 and a half is a good number. I just, I'm going to pass. It, it, I'm not trying to add stuff that I didn't have in my sheet, but like that's the key to me. If, if I don't think we're in a range where we're going to miss on big time key numbers here, I would probably, I'll wait to play the game. I, I may play it on Saturday or late tonight. Excuse me. We'll see. I'm a little bit worried because I don't, I think that this is going to be, um, a little bit less neutral and a little bit more um, favoring the western part of the state. But uh, are there any ten and a halfs, Mister Fernelli, for the ECU Pirates as they take on App State on Thursday night in Bank of America Stadium in the headliner, while some other two teams are going to be playing on Saturday in that same place? You're looking for ECU getting ten and a half? Yeah. No, the best I can find you is nine and a half. Nine this, morning, this morning you could have found it. They're getting yeah. steamed as we talk, Chip. My yeah. whole screen's lighting up lock, red. Lock, 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 lock. Yeah, give me the Pirates. <laughs> um, I would love to be proven wrong because I love the – like Sean Clark uh, comes in, former offensive line coach, somebody who's who came up in the app program, and he has made the Mountaineers into this team that – they're going to run behind a great offensive line. They're going to ground and pound. They've always got like two or three running backs that can uh, cycle in for each other. Any one of them could potentially go for 100 yards. Defensively, they've been really solid sort of throughout the entire Sun Belt era. I cannot shake everything I saw from Chase Bryce as Duke's quarterback last year. And I'm, I hope he improves because I feel mean. I feel downright mean stepping out here and believing that a fade Chase Bryce is a principle that I might take a lot. But you know what ECU loves? ECU is like a great chip-on-the-shoulder team. They are a great, we care about playing this in-state or this regional opponent more than they are, are even ready for us. And so if we're going to think that um, with all the time that uh, Mike Houston has had over the last couple of seasons trying to build towards making ECU a more competitive team in the American Athletic Conference. I think they're fired up here. 10 was like, okay, like let's buckle up and go. But I, I still believe in the principle. So I'm going to, I'll take the nine and a half while it's still available while we're taking taping. Cause I think this could be a touchdown game. I mean, you're going to have a sprinkle too. You've got well, the sharps the on your side. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got to save sprinkle. Sorry guys. I'm new. <laughs> <laughs> It's my first day. <laughs> um, okay, anything, anything else for uh, for Thursday? And then I, I have don't to open the board. I don't have anything left on Thursday, but I do have a Friday. Okay, hit it. No uh, one on Boise State UCF. No, no. no. Oh, I, I have five battle. Yeah, you, I do. Yeah, well, I, let's hear it. Go ahead, bud. It's a quarter play, though. People, people, <laughs> some people in the comment section are gonna get mad. Under four, under fourteen and a half in the first quarter. All right, so that plays in. I'm going to take the under for the game. So yeah. we're kind of along the same lines. I don't I don't hate yours either. I might even jump on that as well. I just think you could see two new offenses, you know, new coaches. And I know, you know, Boise State more continuity, but Gus, how's it going to work with Dylan Gabriel, an offense that was flying up and down the field? I know Gus wants to go fast, but it's a different look to it. Curious to see what happens with Dylan Gabriel. I just think this more will be more of a defensive adjustment, feeling each other out type of game. So I'm going to take the under 69 and a half. Can I get that? Best I see is 68. Okay, perfect. 68. Give me that. I will say, so, though, well, I live about 10 minutes away from UCF. And the weather tonight, if you guys can see this on my phone, 
We're looking at 78 degrees at kickoff. It is not Florida hot here today. The hurricane, you know, really sucked a lot of the humidity out. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's pretty nice outside today. Um, I don't think the heat is going to be quite the factor that some people do. What What's also strange is like at at Caesars, the total is currently 68, but I could see it like a place like DraftKings right now. It's 66 and a half. You normally don't see a one and a half point difference on totals. Hmm. So the, but is there a chance of storms? tonight we're gonna get some storms this afternoon which kind of stinks i was hoping i'd be able you know maybe get get nine in this <laughs> afternoon uh but must be uh, nice <laughs> look, it's, it's central florida so there's always a possibility of storms popping up but generally that we get those more afternoon than we do evening time see my uh my read on this game was i didn't want to touch it so many unknowns i was fascinated by it i think it's going to be so much fun and i was like this is going to be one of those five-hour broadcasts yeah. where we've got two lightning delays. The players got to go in, and these first time at not first time for Gus, but you know these new head coaches have got to figure out a way to keep everybody focused, and it's just going to be sloppy by the end of it. All of which I will sign up for because uh, we're excited that college football is back, and and sometimes those Thursday night games just uh, just fall right into your lap. I will note um, the guy. The offensive coordinator's name slips to mind now, who Andy Avalos hired to be his OC at Boise. From UC Davis. Yes. Ran one of the fastest offenses at any uh, in any division in college football. My bet on mm-hmm. the under here is I think that UCF will probably try to field them out a little bit early on offensively and, and make those guys drive. And I don't think Gus is going to go as fast as Josh Heupel did. I mean, Heupel was really like Bryle style fast. I think Gus is more in that like upper quartile of, of tempo when he wants to, but it's kind of more of a selective tempo. Gus's entire offense is not like tempo-based, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. So I I think we could have a slow start in the UCF game. Yeah, he, uh, he wants you to go once they get like first downs and explosive plays, and those are so hard to come by the last two years with the Auburn offense that you just didn't get to see them. The Gus like, go, 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 go uh, type uh, scenes from the sideline. All right, uh, so right now we've got Chips in with three. Danny's got two. Bud's got two. Tom, take us where you want to go. Uh, Friday night, I think anybody who ever pays attention can see this one coming. Northwestern, Michigan State, under 46 and a half. <clears throat> we don't know who Michigan State's quarterback is yet. It's either going to be Peyton Thorne or Anthony Russo. I think they're neither of them are somebody who you really feel like are game changers at the position. I think that we know what Michigan state's identity is and what it's going to try to be. And we definitely know what Northwestern tries to do. And we also know that Hunter Johnson has won that starting QB job and our, his little cameos Northwestern's quarterback a couple seasons ago did not go well. We know that they've lost their starting running back for the season. We know that they lost a guy they were expecting to be a starter on the offensive line for the season. So I think that that Northwestern offense is going to struggle a bit. And just for fun, I looked this up in the playoff era the under has been very good in northwestern games but if you put the total if you just look at totals between 42 and 49 which are kind of important numbers in football the under is 18 and 6 in northwestern games and this total is at 46 and a half so yeah lock it up i have a play oh yeah go ahead oh yeah i I actually i i have bet this four ways i'm not going (laughs) to give out four picks on a game again because some people didn't like that i will just give you my best one here under 24 and a half team total for Northwestern. First of all, I do think Michigan State wins the game, but I think they win the game because Northwestern's offense will suck. 
So I have more confidence in Northwestern's offense not being good. Under 24 and a half is pro- – I've got some plays this week that you guys know in the group chat I, I hammered. Uh, but among the ones that are still available, this is probably my favorite. Mm. I hope that wins because it greatly improves my odds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh I was I was joking with uh with Robbie Calland yesterday that there are there are a couple spots here, this being one of them, that we are like we could make Big Ten conference odds. The total is 45. The home team is favored by three. <laughs> sure. Like this is, let's go figure it out. Unders in the 40s uh for your shorties. Uh, all right. Who's open floor? Who wants to uh, who wants to take it? I'll go. I got. I mean, I'll just jump to a big game here. Alabama minus nineteen and a half against Miami. Roll. I, I do not see Miami hanging. I don't see that defense being enough to slow down Alabama's offense. Derek King, I love him. He's coming off an ACL. I don't know if he's 100% yet. I think that Alabama's defense will be able to do what the good defenses that Miami faced last year did. Keep King in the pocket. Force him to beat him with his arm. I don't think Miami has the receivers to do it. I don't think King is at his best when he's just having to throw and he's not able to use his running ability. I think maybe Miami keeps this close early. But as we get into the second half, I think Alabama is just going to pull away and win pretty easily. So Bama minus 19 and a half. Under in this game for me. And uh, that's looking at Alabama's defense as the best unit on the field. And, you know, just being open to the idea that with Bill O'Brien in, you know, first like play calling, game planning, Doug Marone's your offensive line, an offensive line that wasn't even like really settled until very recently, uh, a wide receiver room where I, I think that Jai Hall and, you know, John Mechie and the rest of this group could be awesome down the line. But, you know, maybe it, maybe it takes a little bit. Uh, Miami is pretty good in the secondary. And you, you got to think that if good Miami shows up here, you know, maybe they, the Alabama offense sputters a little out of the gates, but I think Miami's offense is really going to struggle. And so, uh, I, are we still at 61? 61 and a half. And a half. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and lock that up. Not, a, not a great number, but still, uh, still my thought on the game. So, I, and I want that. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried it's too easy. Like for I, I the did Bama. Bet the 62. I, I, uh, I also bet the first half. I'm trying to figure out which one I want. Danny, go ahead. I'll, I'll, no, I'll I was. I'm not going to play this game. I if I was going to, I would be on the side of lay the points with Alabama. I mean, it's been, but to me, it feels too easy. There's just something about it that. So I'll give you some stats that I saw. Uh, under Saban, the tighter 14 and 0 outright, and 11 and 2 against the spread in season openers against ranked opponents in season openers. Uh, Saban's Crimson Tide are 6 and 0 against the spread with an average margin of victory of 23.7 every win by double digits. Um, I think you're on the right side, Tom. I just, I, it, at some point, like it's going to go the other way, but I think everything you said is spot on. And I don't, I don't have a great feel about the over or the total either. I just yeah, don't feel a great feel. For the three, like if yeah. you're asking for this to be the third time <laughs> that Nick Saban has not covered a spread in a season opener, like he, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no thanks. I don't want to be on that side. That that's the Danny Cannell at the roulette table. Yes, and <laughs> I'm just gonna stay away. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm like, I had a coach. I was talking on the radio the other day, and I had a head coach uh, text me. 
and say, Derek King just had ACL surgery nine months ago. He's not going to be able to do what he normally does. And I was like, I know. And he's like, why does anybody think Miami has a chance in this game? I'm like, I don't know why. All that being said, it just makes me nervous that it's too easy. I don't wish obscene violence or injury on anyone this weekend, but Will Anderson as a free rusher against Derek King is a problem. Yes. But do you have any other plays on this game? I mean, look, I, I do like the game under and the first half under. I bet it's 62 and I bet it under 31 and a half. Uh, but it's the locks pod. So I don't love those necessarily. Like I, I bet them, but you know, I'm not going to give up 40 picks a week on the locks pod. And I think I have like 30 something <laughs> bets already. So, you know, <laughs> but if you're in the comment section, yeah, like I, I would not bet the over in this. I, the way I think about it, like I do think Alabama is more likely to cover than, than Miami. How do they cover? Do they cover by scoring a 50 burger on Miami's defense or do they cover by holding Miami's offense, you know, to less than, than we think probably the latter. Yeah. yeah I got I, a game for you. I'm getting a little behind, aren't I? I do have actually though. I have one Friday night oh, game. I forgot if you perfect. go ahead. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia tech Ooh. under 64. Uh, this is just, I think that this is kind of a game script in the way that the game is going to go. I think that Virginia tech at home will have the advantage obviously of being at lane stadium. But I also think that they know that if they want to stay in this game, they're going to have to limit possessions and keep that North Carolina offense off the field as much as possible. And I think that's very much in line with what Virginia tech wants to do. They ran the ball 61.8% of the time last year, which ranked 11th nationally Uh, Carolina's defense. I expect it to improve, but a defensive success rate against the run last season, they ranked 79th. So if Virginia tech does want to run the ball, those numbers suggest that the Hokies will be able to find some success doing that. And I think that's going to be their game plan. They're going to bleed clock, limit possessions, keep it close. And I think North Carolina wins, but I think we come in under by about a touchdown. That's a tricky game for Mac Brown yeah. in the Tar Heels. I don't li- I don't like anything in this game because I'm bullish on the Tar Heels. I just think this is one of those ones that could derail your entire season if you go in there and just choke it away in an ugly game. Uh, does anybody else have anything on that game? No, I don't want it. I don't. I don't. I don't want that either. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to have any investment. It's in that. Gross. All right, I'm gonna go out to the Pac-12. I have a theme in some of my plays today. Uh, and you'll understand why. So I'm bullish on the Oregon Ducks. I like them to win the Pac-12, but I think they have a really, really tricky matchup with Fresno State, who already played a game. A lot of these teams have not had full padded practices, the rules the way they are now. You don't get much contact, so I think there is an advantage from teams who have had a game, a warm-up game, to get ready for this week one. Fresno State, we saw what they did. Very impressive week one. Jack Hayner, the quarterback, had an impressive game, three touchdowns. Played in the Pac-12, transferred out. There was nothing he would love more than have a big game against a former Pac-12 foe. You also have Oregon. What have we been talking about? The game that's been circled all year long is Oregon's going to go to Columbus. Well, that game's not this week. It's next week. I think Fresno State is able to hang around just enough to cover. What's my number? Can I get 22 Whoa! No, twenty one. I got better. I got better resources than you guys do, but I'll take the twenty one as well here. Uh, so give me the twenty one and Fresno State. 
some Costa Rica book with like a GeoCities <laughs> blogspot site is just updating these uh these wild numbers. Danny still has that like 100x rollover he has to satisfy from 2007. <laughs> yes. I uh, I will probably play this game. Uh, I am waiting on something. Right? It's like it's like the Death Star got to come into range, and then we're gonna shoot the laser or whatever it was called. Uh, I want Team Total Fresno 21. Over. It's- yeah, it's sitting 21 and a half in a couple spots. I think Fresno will keep throwing. We know Oregon doesn't love its secondary necessarily. Um, I I don't trust Fresno's defense very much. So I'm just waiting. I'll but probably end shut, up betting. They here. shut UConn down though. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I just I'm I'm curious as to whether they can actually. Uh, you know, I, I I think Fresno will score in the 20s. I just I'm going to wait see if I can get 21. By the way, the game is 11 a.m. local in Eugene. So I think it'll be a sleepy affair. I think Keita Oregon sputtering out, a little ugly. And uh, Fresno State could take advantage of that early. Cover three fans, football season is here. So let's raise the stakes with the Cover Three Podcast Pick'em Pool. You can compete against us as well as other listeners for your share of bragging rights and prizes. Get started today by downloading the CBS Sports app or by visiting cbsports.com slash cover three. It's really simple. Just sign up and remember to make weekly picks against the spread. Weekly winners get a sweet championship belt and the year-long winner gets, I kid you not, $1,000 and a guest spot on this podcast. Again, that is cbsports.com slash cover three. Uh, every week, we're giving out a sweet championship belt for bragging rights, and the year-long winner gets 1000 bucks. and you get to be on the Cover 3 podcast. That is cbsports.com slash cover three to jump in and compete against us as well as other listeners. Some of you have uh, asked, the the code is cover three uh, uh, right there, just like it is in the address. It should auto populate if you use the link cbsports.com slash cover three. But if you need the pool password, the pool password is also uh, cover three. So come jump in and compete against us. Coming up on the other side, more of our week one locks next. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. So we've had, uh, you know, much much thanks to producer Coca. If you're watching us live, youtube.com slash cover three, or even if you're not live and you just want to watch the video product for that multi-platform excellence, youtube.com slash cover three. We've had some of our picks uh, that have been up on the screen on the ticker. For those listening at home, uh, quick review. Tom's got Ohio State minus 14, the under 46 and a half in Northwestern Michigan State, Alabama minus 19 and a half, and the UNC Virginia Tech under 64. Uh, Chip's got NC State minus 18 and a half, Ohio State, Minnesota over 62 and a half, ECU plus nine and a half, go get it now, uh, and Bama, Miami under 61 and a half. Danny's got UCF Boise under 68, 
Also on the Ohio State, Minnesota over and Fresno State plus 21. Bud's got NC State as well. The under 14 and a half first quarter and the Northwestern team total under 24 and a half. Uh, Danny or Bud, what you got? I'm going to go to Monday night. Go for it. Ooh. And I, uh, I thought this was going to keep rising. It's starting to go back the other way. I'm going to call this out right now on the show before the rest of these 10 and a half disappear on the board. This is why you want to watch this live, right? You wait an hour for this thing to get on the, on the podcast. We move feed. the line. It, I, I'm, I'm definitely not moving the line. However, I, I might have moved the line in Western Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> that, I, yeah, that was uh, – um, anyway. So I believe that Louisville can run the ball on Ole Miss's defense. I think that Louisville will play a, a passive style of defense and force Ole Miss to go a little more slow than it wants to go. And I think Louisville is going to be able to keep this game in the single digits. So go ahead and give me that that sweet, sweet 10 and a half with the cards. I think the cards offensive line is fine. I don't really think Ole Miss's defense is all that great. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and take uh, take Louisville here plus the 10 and a half. I also considered the under uh, as, as well, which kind of goes hand in hand with that. I like it. I'm not- we have a dentist pick, by the way, in this game. <laughs> In, oh, still, yeah, because it's an Ole Miss game. Yeah, what is the yeah. deal? He, he texted me. Hold on. Uh, so uh, he said, hey, put his name here. I'm not sure if Cover 3 still wants a dentist pick or not now that Barton is gone. We do. I'm happy to keep going. Just let me know. I was like, well, do you accept Barton's new insurance with Vanderbilt? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's kind of the key. Like, like it's Barton's still a client, and that's HIPAA, of course. Uh, so uh, Ole Miss versus Louisville. Here's the dentist. There's been a ton of talk from Ole Miss camp about the improvement of their defense from last year. I'm not sure I believe it, but it does sound like they are taking it personally, and it can't be any worse than it, than it was last year. On offense, I expect them to be very good, but they did lose their best two receivers and more in Kenny Uboa. Uh, this makes me think there will be some early slowness to their scoring and maybe more run plays. First game of the year, maybe not firing all cylinders. As for Louisville, they were only in two games all, all last year that made it to 75, giving the under 75 and a half, which I do see out there. Um, I think we'll know pretty early on if this bet is a win or not as well. So first half under will probably also get a hard look from me. The dentist is on the board. It's great. Great to have the dentist back. Keep it coming. Yes, we do. Absolutely still want your plays. Um, Let me go. go Hop in here. All right. I'm going to go Big Ten matchup of the week noon. uh, Wisconsin taking on Penn State. What's my number here for uh, Wisconsin minus? What I have one one book is screwing up my whole list here that keeps giving me five, these like five and a half. Five and a half seems Jeez. pretty solid everywhere. Okay, all right, I'll go ahead and lay the five and a half with Wisconsin. Uh, Penn State, you know, a lot has been made about how they finished the season. You know, starting off rough and then winning out. The teams they won out against were awful last year. They should have won those games. Uh, change in offensive coordinator, but there's not a change in quarterback in Sean Clifford. Wisconsin with my man Paul Christ in season openers and bowl games. The Badgers are 10 and 2 outright and 8 3 and 1 against the spread in those 12 games. There are only two losses outright that came against Bama in a season opener and by a point in the 2020 Rose Bowl. So Paul Christ, one of those guys who it thrives in this situation. And I just think the Badgers are a better team right now. So give me the home team and I will lay those points. I'm good with it. I don't have a great feel on anything in this game. I'm more of a I'm taking more of a wait and see approach with both these teams before I bet it. So I might bet this live, but I don't hate this pick at all. 
if Sean Clifford doesn't turn the ball over in the red zone on the road, like Sean Clifford has been known to do, I would maybe give Penn State a shot. But I just do a lot of ifs out there, and this is called the locks pod, not the if-then pod. So, yeah, I'm staying away <laughs> I, from that, on that one. I kind of want to have a Fornelli special Big Ten under parlay here somewhere. Like, because I'm looking at the total of this game. I kind of like the under. He gave out the Michigan State Northwestern under. You have Iowa, Indiana, which I think is a solid under. Like, there are some opportunities out there if you wanted to have some fun. <laughs> That's an idea that I think we will use going forward. <laughs> I, I think this number is right. Um, if this does get steamed and tick seven, I will be betting Penn, Penn State. But I think five and a half is just a perfect dead zone about where it should be. I think Wisconsin's slightly better, and uh, obviously they get home field advantage. Yeah. Good luck to Danny, obviously. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to, to yeah, no talk, fights talk today, smack huh? about the pick. No, I know. it's. Crazy. We might have some fights coming up. We'll see. Well, because last week we had so few games to choose from. It was like <laughs> it was inevitable we were going to be butting heads. But, like, we've got this cornucopia of options here in week one. Uh, I'll go next. I'll stick with the Big Ten. I'll stick with one of my favorite plays of the week. I'm taking Illinois minus five and a half against UTSA. We talked about it a little bit on the show. I just think that this is a I, – I, I think UTSA is a group of five team from Conference USA that a lot of people don't really know too much about. It is a pretty good team. I think Jeff Trailer has been very good since he's taken over that program. He's really recruited well. He's really, really, uh, really raising the floor of that program from a talent level to where I think that in the next couple of years here, they might be one of the best teams, if not the best team in Conference USA. But I don't think they're there yet, even with Sincere McCormick at running back. And I feel like what we saw from Illinois' defense last week it was a major improvement on what we saw from the Illinois defense in recent years, particularly in mixing things up and keeping opponent, you know, opponent offenses guessing as to what they were in and what they were doing. And they also really focused on taking away what Nebraska did best, which is Adrian Martinez as a scrambler, as a runner. They're going to take that same approach to UTSA, which is to take away their run game. And I think that Illinois' defensive front has the capability of doing that against this UTSA offensive line. And I think if you take that away from the Roadrunners, I don't know that they're going to be able to consistently move the ball through the air vertically against this Illini defense. So I'm taking Illinois minus five and a half. I think that if you just look at Brett Bielema's career, like at Arkansas, at Wisconsin, they were better teams than the one he has now. But these non-conference games they generally steamrolled their opponents in those games. And I think I won't be surprised if we see Illinois win this by two to three scores. So I'm going to take minus five and a half. So Brandon Peters threw on Tuesday is the latest report. Yeah, that's what I mean. Bielma was saying in a press conference this week that Brandon Peters is progressing quicker than they thought. They still don't know his situation for this week, but whether it's Peters or Sitkowski, honestly, I don't think they're going to ask him to do too much anyway. Um, the other thing here is uh, Lowell Narcisse, the, one of the UTSA quarterbacks was described as quote about 75% in his way back. Like I, I am not going to be laying points with Arzikowski personally. I just, that, that's a bridge too far at this point. So that's your principle to go with Danny's betting. Yes, I think I'm not Martinez. laying points with Sikowski. Uh <laughs> but like, man, the quarterback uncertainty in this game is interesting, but you don't think Peters is likely going to, you know, play, play. I don't think Peters is going to play. I think that, the, unless he's 100% ready and raring to go, they're probably going to stick with Sitkowski. And honestly, the way Sitkowski played, 
I don't think that they're feel like this is with the new coaching staff. I know that Peters is back for a sixth season, but it's all new to them. And I feel like the way Sitkowski played, he might have earned some, you know, some cred with this coaching staff. They might feel more comfortable with him. Uh, by the way, Kowski. Heck yeah, I'm jumping out and laying these points with Art Sitkowski. Have you seen Le Artiste and what he was able to do carving up that Nebraska defense? He's going to have no trouble with UTSA. This line is way, way too low. Absolutely. Illinois. You know why Illinois is not going to have a letdown? Because I do think that this is a little bit of um, considering that Illinois might get got. We don't think this is a great team. They just played way above their heads and got this uh, you know, big-time emotional win against Nebraska and Brett Bielma's debut. I, I kind of have to go back to the experience and all your like, 22 super seniors. And Luke Ford was in like the recruiting class of 2012. You know, like, I mean, you just think that there's so much more focus from a group that is not young, and this group is decidedly not young. I don't see any letdown spot. Illinois by a touchdown or more. Uh, I'll lay the five and a half. Yay. Uh, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but you may be able to get four and a half now because I'm seeing four and a half at a couple of these big offshores. Uh, so be watching that, y'all. Might even get a better number. So Yeah, that's right, Dwight. Heisman candidate, Art Sitkowski. Okay, for those of you oh, who... Oh, wow, yeah, it's four and a half at a couple onshores too. So we're changing it up a little bit. Let's go. For those of you who are who just joined the stream recently, uh, the ticker at the bottom will have an uh, updated card. I'll go ahead and pop the full board right now so that you can get a shot at it. Uh, Ohio State and the Northwestern Michigan State under, Alabama minus 19.5, UNC, Virginia Tech under, and Illinois minus 4.5 for Tom. NC State uh, is also a lock agreement with Chip and Bud. I'll just do the lock agreements real quick. Lock agreement for Ohio State, Minnesota over for Chip and Danny. And then uh, we got a little Wisconsin minus five and a half, Louisville plus 10 and a half uh, out there on the board as well. All right. How about, you know, the the great thing about uh, sometimes like, you know, these, these college football neutral site games really bring together, you know, big time programs with big time fan bases a lot of people don't like them. You know, they say they feel sterile. You know, they don't. They, they don't really think it brings out the best in college football. Well, they clearly are not eyeing one of the games of the week because Jerry World plays hosts to the iconic Kansas State Stanford rivalry. The Kansas State Stanford rivalry with their large traveling fan bases filling up the Star at Frisco and all of the bars and restaurants around it. The college football atmosphere inside Jerry World will be electric between Kansas State and Stanford. And I'm telling you that I think that Kansas State's going to win this game maybe by 10. I think Kansas State is a noticeably better football team. And when Skylar Thompson is healthy, and Deuce, I mean, Deuce Vaughn ain't even going to have to run on the lightly mowed grass in Manhattan, Kansas. He's going to be on that fast turf. You ain't never seen Deuce Vaughn run like he's going to run in Jerry World. I, I think that Kansas State, um, a, a team that I, I think Tom might have slowly lured me into having better thoughts about Kansas State during the Big 12 win totals episode. But especially in this matchup, if I'm down on Stanford, then this is one where I think the Wildcats should win. I have to lay a field goal. And so uh, that's where I'll be uh, with Kansas State minus three. Like it. Not on it. Like it. I agree. 
not not lock agreement, but like I I, I don't really want Stanford. <laughs> Notre Dame versus Arizona State no longer the most random Jerry World game. Boards open. Where do you want to go? Years ago. Well, I've got how many picks you guys got left? I've got three locks left. Oh, uh, Clemson minus three. Say it with your chest. Ooh, even yeah. with all the COVID stuff. Yes. Okay. All rumors. It's all chat board stuff. Oh, right. oh, is it? Is it like rumors about a defensive line that has nine players with starting experience and a starting <laughs> safety and their best receiver? The room. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what the message boards have. Mm. But Georgia's got rumors going on now too. I'm just saying. Big Cinco is like I'm coming down to the idea that uh, just be, this is not just because they're both huge linebackers who happen to be quarterbacks, but as we start to draw these Cam comparisons, I think that the Clemson offense, even with the uncertainty along the offensive line with the running back room, that's going to be a little bit more of like some Will Shipley, some Kobe Pace, uh, you know, some Lin J Dixon, sort of figuring out as we go. I think that like this Clemson offense is so much better and going to be able to provide more support than Cam got from that offense at Auburn, that offense that had no one else that got selected in the NFL draft. I think there are NFL draft picks along this Clemson offense, and I think their defense is going to be one of the best in the country. It's just like a like DJ greater than JT just sort of puts me back in that mindset where big game Dabo, just like he did with Taj Boyd, just like he did with Deshaun Watson, and just like he did with Trevor Lawrence, when they face really good defenses and really good teams, just going to let his quarterback go figure it out. Just hope he makes the right decisions. And I think that DJ is uh, strong enough as a, as a runner and as a decision maker that he's going to be able to figure out how to uh, find wins against this very, very good Georgia defense. I mean, look, Jordan Davis might eat the interior of this Clemson offensive line for lunch right off the snap, but then I think that once DJU is able to uh, escape the pressure, he's going to be able to keep his eyes down the field. They need good tight end play if we're going to really get into the X's and O's of that Clemson offense, Georgia defense, but I just I still see this as a Clemson win, and so at the short number, I'm going to go ahead and lay those points. Fight. Fight, 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 fight. First of all, I thought we were a Georgia pod. You're out here picking <laughs> Clemson in the very first game of the season. Uh, I don't I don't hate your pick. I, I, I like Georgia. I like Georgia in this matchup because when I look at these two teams, they're really similar to me in a lot of ways. Whereas I know DJ Uyengalole doesn't have a ton of experience, but I think he's very talented. I think JT Daniels is very talented. I think that the wide receiver position is a question mark for both teams. I think that the defenses are very good. I think that both have very strong defensive fronts. I think Georgia is a little bit. I trust Georgia more in the back than I do Clemson from a talent and athleticism kind of perspective. But where this game really differs to me is that while Clemson's defensive front is awesome, I have more confidence in Georgia's offensive line to be able to deal with it and negate it as much as possible than I do with Clemson against the Georgia defensive front. And I think that over the course of the 60 minutes, that is going to be what makes the ultimate difference in this game, regardless of the plays that DJ Uyunglele or JT Daniels make. So I'm going to take the points in what I expect to be a pretty close, fun game. I want to get in this game so bad. I just think the lines are so tight. Um, I would lean the under. No big game under principle for you, Chip. 
I'm not going to take it, but I would lean towards the under because, I mean, we both talked about how good both their defensive lines are, question a wide receiver on both teams, quarterbacks, you know, making their first big game start. You just wonder if they could sputter a little bit, but I just think these I don't these lines are tight. Can I uh, can I jump in with something that we discussed earlier in the show? I finally yes. found it. All right, it's going down. Fresno team total over twenty and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So. It happened. It hit. <laughs> with the death, the death Alderaan came into view. Mm-hmm. Alderaan, <laughs> right? That's the name. Of, that's the name of the, of the moon or the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> Dorks. Uh, <laughs> Talk about something cool like Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm looking. Danny, come on. Are you are you running low? I'm running low. I am. I told discipline. Danny is back. I gave this one out a little bit before, um, and I was mentioning it as a Fornelli special. This one to me has it written all over it with Indiana playing against Iowa. Um, give me the under. The total here. What is the under for this game? It's 45. It is a yeah. big 10 game where the I home team is favored by three and it's 45 on the total. Exactly. 46. It's a Pam Ward game? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So give me the under on that one. I have another one for you too. Go Different game. Anybody else on that game? Tom, you want to uh, under big 10 play? I'm no. On that game. Yeah, um, what do you got? Iowa minus three. Assuming that's still out there. If not, I don't want three and a half. So it is. Yeah. I get, I get Danny. 46, I can get you a three. All right, yeah. Iowa minus three for me. Um, I just think this is, ju- is going to be a really boring analysis. I have Iowa about three points better than Indiana on a neutral field. This is not being played a neutral field, so you give about one and a half, two points for home field advantage. Thus, the three makes it a play for me. I don't think they're a ton better than Indiana. I just have to play it. It's a mass thing. Three is valuable, especially in a game with a total of 45 or 46. Plus, it continues Bud and I's never-ending war on Indiana football. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I actually our, like the side you're on, too. Cover 3 historian Andrew, once again, furious right now. He's <laughs> meeting up the uh, historian's log for uh, for the lock spot. <laughs> All right, I got another one. I'll go back-to-back. Sunday night, only game in town. My Knowles are taking on the Fighting Irish. Game got down. What is, was it down to seven? I don't think it's it was there down, anymore. It was uh, it was seven on Friday when I bet, and, and then, then quickly moved. went back up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I was gonna take a side, I do think that's the right side on the outcome. But I'm gonna take the total and take the under. Um, I think this is gonna be a game where I think you're gonna see Jordan Travis. I think you're gonna see a more run based attack from Florida State, like we saw last year when he played. And I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Kyron Williams for Notre Dame. And I think, you know, they're going to kind of be able to lean on Florida State a little bit. And I'm very curious to see how Florida State plays in this game. But I think it could be a struggle early for both teams uh, to kind of figure out things. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring affair. I'll take the uh, under. I think you're on the right side, Danny. I made it 31-20. Notre Dame has four new offensive line starters. They expect them to be pretty good. One of them is an All-American candidate they got from Marshall in, in Kane Madden, um, and they have a new quarterback. I'm not going to bet this because I do have a hunch that the two dudes who were missing for the Notre Dame last year, pretty much all of last year, Braden Lindsey and Kevin Austin, who combined for I think eight catches and 81 yards total, they could be explosive on the outside, and I think they could hit some explosive plays. So I'm not going to be on this. 
but obviously 3120 implies that I, I like the under a good bit more than the over. I offensive line has a bunch of new starters, but you know what they all are? Six four, three hundred pounds. And you know what Florida State's defensive line has? A single three hundred pounder. They're starting nose tackle and their backup nose tackle, but like their ends are all 260, 270. Linebackers are in that 235 range. These, these, if these Notre Dame offensive linemen are getting to the second level, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, by the way, Chris Tyree had a huge game against the Seminoles last year when they yep. won like 42-26 or something like that. Uh, Notre Dame has won 19 straight games against ACC opponents. 15 of them have been by 10 points or more. Mm. Goes all the way back to 2017. In the regular in, season. Regular season, yes, yes, yes. No wonder right. they don't want to join. They'd be bored. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me Notre Dame by ten. So, uh, so I'll go Notre Dame. So and, you're locking uh, up Notre Dame. Yeah. So I can get you seven and a half. Yeah, I know. Mm. Hook might kill me, but uh, but that's uh, that's I just I feel feel pretty good about um that matchup at the line of scrimmage. I mean, Bud, you might have dropped that little note in my head because it's rattled around. I think for ten days, where Florida State's going to be better suited personnel wise to play like. Miami or to play um, North Carolina or to play, you know, one of these uh, more spread them out kind of modern offenses. It's not built for the running backs and tight ends that Notre Dame is going to have, where we're just getting up here and trying to mash you at the line of scrimmage styles make fights. And I think it's a bad matchup for Florida state. I hope the environment's awesome. Like I would love for this Sunday night, ABC, like everyone's going to be watching. I hope that it's like close and competitive but I think that that one matchup weakness where it's uh, at the line of scrimmage, Notre Dame's offense, Florida State's defense, it's too big for me to ignore. I agree. Cool. I'm going to go way off the radar with this one. And this play, like I mentioned at the top of the show, like so far the numbers on the games that have been played have been kind of way off base. So it's this is more me trusting my numbers and hoping that I'm right. But my numbers suggest that I have to make this play. I have Southern Miss as being about four points better than South Alabama. Better? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear this one. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. I've got them beat about f- nearly four points, and they are currently a one-and-a-half-point dog at South Alabama. No offense to the atmosphere at Hancock-Whitney Stadium there in Mobile. But I don't think that that atmosphere is worth five-and-a-half points. So – I'm taking Southern Miss plus one and a half. I'm just trusting my numbers on this one. Man, I'm, Tom, I'm glad to hear you say that. I, I You actually kind of just talked me off of South Alabama. Oh, cool. I hope I win now because then I'll feel twice as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has any thoughts, other thoughts on this game? <laughs> no, I, I got nothing. I think South Alabama's. I, I think South Alabama's well coached. I, I have some questions about how Southern Miss will will handle their pressure defense, and I I think South Alabama's a better team, but like not enough to where I really feel like jumping on it. I already have quite a few bets. No, listen, I've got week. a principle: don't ever bet the Montgomery Kickoff Classic because you never know what's going to happen in the Montgomery Kickoff Classic. Things get a little weird where they go to the site of the Dollar General Bowl or whatever the Conference USA Sun Belt game is that they play there in December every year. Um, Camellia Bowl, maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize, Montgomery. Can I have a more off the wall one than than Tom? Sure. Please. You, you, you want to battle? You want to battle with some really niche shit here or stuff here? Give me San Diego State minus 19 in the first half against New Mexico State. 
Last year, San Diego. Let's go. All right. So we know San Diego State has an absolutely great defense. Yes. And last year, their intent was to play fast and to score a lot of points. Now, it didn't really work out because their quarterback was terrible and they had a COVID offseason. They looked like garbage on offense. But I think that they actually evidenced that intent last year and they're going to play fast. And I think this thing will be like, you know, 24 to 3, 24 nothing after the first half. So I, I like San Diego State minus 19 in the first half. I don't really want to lay 30, you know, 30 something plus with the defensive coach. Just just to be clear, like this is also in my six pack column that will be getting published. So this isn't just a, like a <laughs> and I don't have access to the editorial side on CBS. So I could not have seen that. <laughs> this is this is very much we're in very much of the same line of thinking on this one. I'm also kind of just in a place where I might be strictly fading New Mexico State for the entire season. It, based on what I was able to see last week, it just what I saw from them in the spring. Like you lose by 27 to UTEP, and I don't mean to disrespect the Miners, but the Miners have been one of the worst teams in the country the last few years. If you're losing by 27 points to them and you were only able to manage a field goal, I do not have high hopes of what you're going to be able to accomplish the rest of this year on the field. There's two, there's two principles. Well, there's one principle here is I, it's very important early on to identify the difference between teams that are bad and terrible, mm-hmm. right? And you can kind of fade the terrible teams for quite a while. The bad ones, not as much. Same thing as kind of just you got you really need to know the difference between good and great teams. Otherwise, you're going to overpay on the good teams when they're favorites. Yeah, I Tom, I'm with you against New Mexico State. I, if if you, if you guys remember the group check, I said, has anybody seen a depth chart here for New Mexico State? Because there was a rumor that in because they played a spring season that they had played a lot of guys in spring season, kind of treated it almost as like spring training. And so I didn't want to bet against them last week. I think they played their best guys last week. Their best guys aren't aren't very good, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be against them. Oh, got him! <laughs> they did. Somebody, somebody got <laughs> yeah, somebody pressed a button from New Mexico State on Bud Elliott that was out here. Uh, okay, there you go. You did. Did you just get? You got silenced by New I Mexico just, State. I, I think I just have so many tabs open that Chrome just just said, "No, I, I'm done. Can't do it." <laughs> um, I've got a I've got another first half play. Uh, actually, I need to ask for the the clarification here. Can I still get Cincinnati at thirteen and a half? Has it first hit, half? Yeah, has it hit fourteen? Even no, if I can, or Chip, I can get you a thirteen flat. Okay, Cincinnati minus thirteen first half against Miami, Ohio. Uh, every uh, every game is going to be a statement opportunity as long as Cincinnati has a zero in the loss column. And I don't think Miami is good enough to be able to uh, slow Cincinnati or score on Cincinnati in a way where this isn't a uh, 17 or 20 point difference at halftime. Now with huge early season games on the road at Indiana at Notre Dame, does Cincinnati take its foot off the gas a little bit in the second half for sure. Something that I'm willing to entertain, I actually thought that like Cincinnati, like my numbers say played up to 27. But when I factor in everything they've got in the early parts of the season and the fact that they might want to keep Desmond Ritter healthy, pull him out of the game a little bit early, give the backup some burn on both sides of the ball, I feel more comfortable with going to Cincinnati's top line. So I will take Cincinnati in the first half against Miami, Ohio. Don't hate it at all. I've got one more. Me what about too. everybody else? I got one. 
Not counting sprinkles. I got two sprinkles. I've got one more regular lock. Oh my God, same. <laughs> Danny, you get, you tapped out? No, I got another one. Okay. All right. My man, Clay Helton, kicking off the season with a nightmare matchup. I mean, yeah. this is just not what you want to see coming to town. Mountain West champion San Jose State with six-year senior Nick Starkle coming to town. Uh, I think they get out with a win, but I think this could be just dangerous enough where it's one of those games where it's ugly, it's way closer than you wanted it to be, but you walk out of there and say, a win is a win. We'll just take it. We'll move on to the next week. Give me San Jose State getting how much? What's my number? 14 and a half. 14 and a half is Great perfect. Number. Love, Great love, number. It's a lovely hook to have. That yeah. is, It is going to be so funny when it's 17-10 at halftime of this game. Right? Like you it, guys are all going to be saying, fire Clay Helton, get just, rid of him. Everyone, and it's, it starts oh. at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock local, so it doesn't fall perfectly in the broadcast windows. So right. it's the score bug that pops up and just gets a, a double take from everybody when they're uh, when they're watching other action. It's like, why is San Jose State up 7 to nothing midway through the first quarter at USC? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to lock it up here, but I endorse that pick uh, for sure. And they already played a game, San Jose State. That's, is that, Get that that's, under your yeah, belt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The a little warm-up game. A little, yep. little bit of a theme for uh, Mr. Cannell this week. Uh, all right. Not enough to trust Illinois, though, huh? <laughs> no. You guys are drinking that Kool-Aid a little too much. <laughs> Give me Marshall minus two and a half at Navy. This is one of the three best teams in one conference against potentially one of the three worst teams in another. Now, yes, power ratings-wise, American Athletic Conference, noticeably better than Conference USA, but I still think there's something to be said for um, where this Marshall team is and the fact that uh, Charles Huff comes in and inherits a pretty good situation. He's got a, a good quarterback in Grant Wells, and he's got an offense that got used to being pretty effective. I think they'll run the ball well against this Navy defense. And and shout out to Emory Hunt for this one. When is the best time to have your triple option opponent? It's week one, week one. when you've had all offseason and fall camp to go ahead and get your squad ready. So it's a great spot for Marshall. I think Marshall is the better team. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is one that uh, the Marshall play, I would take up to seven. So sure, give it to me. Don't I can see that. It. A lot yeah. of smart guys I know are on that chip. I, I'm i not sure how to power rate Navy because of how weird they were last year. So I'm mm-hmm. staying away. Like I, I don't trust. My, there's some teams I'm just not willing to bet on or against early on this year. And, and they're one of them. I just yeah. don't trust it. But if I had to bet it, that would be on your side. Yeah, because I was I was also considering Army Georgia State this week, but I, for the same reasons, I was like, man, I, I don't know what to expect from. I want I want to wait and see on these service academies. Anecdotally, Georgia State as a favorite seems suspect, but but but, but I'm not touching that one. You know, Georgia Shout State. Out. Georgia State's oh. better than I think some people think. True, but as a favorite, it's new territory. It's true. And the run defense is not great. Not as spectacular, no. Uh, I will say two more reasons to watch this on YouTube. Number one, you're getting this live. This Tennessee game that, that I bet in the Buds Bets column, I didn't give it on the show, but it already rocketed up from 35 to 37 while we've yeah. been broadcasting. Yeah. Stuff is getting steamed live. Like uh, I don't know if people realize this. The limits go up during our show. 
a lot of these offshores that'll take 5,000 now will take 10,000 kind of around this time on Thursday. So you got to watch us live on YouTube if you want to get the freshest of the number. Second shout out, watch us live. Kier Costner in the comment section points out that the best safety for New Mexico State is missing the first half of this game because it's the carryover targeting ejection, which is the totally the reason I was betting this game, right, is because New Mexico State's safety is mm -hmm. out in the first half. That's 100% Kier. We didn't need you to tell us that. We already knew. No, seriously. <laughs> awesome job. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm tapped out. So money line is that is that where everybody else is? I've got one left. Okay. I am taking. This is one of those situations where I feel like it's a short dog, and the short dog has the better quarterback in the matchup. I'm taking Nevada plus three against Cal. It's three and a half. I'm taking Nevada plus three and a half. Then <laughs> I don't hate that at all. You think you think both teams will score? Yeah, I, I, but I just I feel like, you know, this is going to be kind of a I think this, Cal's going to try to keep it low scoring. Cause that's what Cal does. But I just think that if that's the case and it's a close game, I want the I want the quarterback and Carson Strong. He's the best quarterback in this matchup. He's going to be the best quarterback in a lot of the matchups, which is why I think Nevada is a team that it doesn't have a ton of talent around him. But I think he's very good and he elevates what they have. So there's going to be a lot of those like short spread matchups in the Mountain West this year where I'm probably going to be looking at Nevada. I Love that play. Capital L, love that play. Big Wolfpack guy. Uh, all right, let's review Tom's card. Ohio State minus 14, Northwestern Michigan State under 46 and a half, Alabama minus 19 and a half, the under 64 in North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Illinois minus four and a half, Georgia plus three, the first half for San Diego State at 19 and a half, uh, Southern Miss plus one and a half, Nevada plus three and a half. Chips card, uh, NC State minus 18 and a half, Ohio State, Minnesota over 62 and a half, ECU plus nine and a half, the under 61 and a half in Bama, Miami, Illinois minus four and a half, Clemson minus three, K-State minus three, Notre Dame minus seven and a half, the first half for Cincinnati, got it at 13, Marshall minus two and a half. Discipline Danny's got the under 68 in UCF Boise, the over 62 and a half in Ohio State, Minnesota, Fresno State plus 21, Wisconsin minus five and a half, the under 46 in Iowa, Indiana, the under 56 in Florida State, Notre Dame, and San Jose State plus 14 and a half. Bud's got NC State minus 18 and a half, the first quarter under in UCF Boise, 14 and a half. Northwestern team total under 24 and a half. Louisville plus 10 and a half. The Fresno over team total 20 and a half. Iowa minus three in the first half. San Diego State minus 19 and a half. Okay. Can I throw two more on after? I, I thought I had so many more than everybody else. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the throw guy them. that makes chips out zoom out. Okay. Give me Kentucky first half. Can I get seven? Uh, 17s are gone. Damn it. All right. Give me Kentucky first half team total over 23. And actually, 23 and a half. That 23 is moving. 23 and a half over Kentucky first half team total. Um, I believe Kentucky's going to play faster this year. They want to throw the ball. I really have a lot of questions about Louisiana Monroe. Uh, however, I do not want Kentucky for the full game. Mark Stoops did coach for Jimbo Fisher who was tight with Bobby Bowden. I don't think he's going to be anxious to run up the score in the entire game because obviously Coach Bowden just passed away. But I think first half, they will put it on. Um, I think Louis M. Monroe might be sneaky bad, but they're going to be sneaky bad and fast because Rich Rod is the coach and Rich Rod's son is probably going to be their quarterback. So they're going to give a lot of possessions for Kentucky to showcase 
this new offense. And I do think UK will try to chuck it around quite a bit because they have Missouri on deck and they want to go ahead and, uh, and get that going a little bit before they have to play a conference game. The other one, I talked about it on the Wednesday show. Hook them. <laughs> yeah, you got to get – where is it at right now as we speak? Eight? Yeah, like I, I'm going to give it out at eight. Um, look, I will wait and wait and wait on this thing before I fire. If it looks like it's going to go to ten, I'll go ahead and take eight and a half or nine or whatever. Uh, I, seven's the number you really want here, but for the pod purposes, I can't wait any longer. We're at an hour. Give me Texas minus eight. Let me go lock agreement with that one. I was oh. looking at that one. I had it in pencil. I'm all gas, no brakes, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but I also had it down as a potential. Wouldn't it be funny if <laughs> I'm not going there? Louisiana. We have no fights there? No. Okay. No, I, I like the over, but I, the card was too busy. It ended up being a scratch uh, and, and didn't make my final one. But if for the viewers and the listeners, uh, I kind of think Louisiana is going to be able to score on Texas, but – uh, I don't know if they'll be able to get stops against Bijan Robinson, Hudson Card, and the Longhorn offense. All right. It is that time of the show where we turn to the cash register where we're looking for these money line sprinkles. Last week, uh, Tom and Chip cashed Illinois plus 235. Some dummy named Chip lost New Mexico State plus 320. That it means Tom is one and zero, Chip is one and one, Danny and Bud uh, opted out of week zero. Uh, Tom, uh, take us where you want to go. Money line sprinkle. Uh, should I do both or just one? Let's go ahead and do both. All right, the first one will be in line with a lock earlier. I'm taking Georgia plus one thirty five because I don't just think they're going to cover. I think that they are going to win at least often enough to cover that price. And my other one, going against Danny here. Sorry. I get, you know, we can't both win, but I just think this is a flyer worth taking. I'm taking Penn State plus 190 to beat Wisconsin. I like it. I mean, if you think uh, it's, it's some good value, nearly two to one, if you think that Penn State's going to be able to surprise some people, uh, Bud, money line sprinkle. Okay. Uh, can we go to Danny first? Actually, I'm kind of debating between these two. Yeah, I'll give you one. I might have two, but I'm going to kind of hear what you guys say. I. Again, theme of the day, teams that have already played. I know this was a mockery around college football when you saw the home crowd at UCLA versus Hawaii, and everyone was, oh, my goodness, no one cares about football. I think they show up this week for a game against LSU and the Tigers. Uh, Again, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a liability. I think he plays much better than he did, completing 50% of his passes against Hawaii. Didn't look great, but we saw a run game that was potent that could take the load off his shoulders. LSU, too many question marks for me. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Neither one have called plays before. I like Max Johnson a lot. I like Kayshawn Boutte, but I think it's going to take some time going on the road to the West Coast and having practice move this past week. They've had a lot to deal with. Call me, give me the upset. UCLA knocks off LSU. B-R-O-O-O-O-O-O-N-S. Bruins. UCLA, <laughs> money line. Uh, I think that UCLA will be able to run the ball on LSU, and I think LSU will be able to throw the ball on UCLA. And, you know, as we're getting into the – the real nitpick of what I think is going to be a fun back and forth. I think it's a game that UCLA can win. I like the the experience that they had. I love the way that they started against Hawaii. I just, what we saw 
from Hawaii's defense is clearly not what we're going to see from LSU's defense. But I do think the physicality of that offensive line and the way that Zach Charbonnet was able to just get it rolling in that game, that's a that's a great way to be able to uh, play winning football. So with an advantage in the trenches, oh, how about this? I think in the weird way, the SEC team's better on the perimeter, the Pac-12 team is better in the trenches. Like we always think about the SEC, the reason that they're better is they're better on both lines of scrimmages. That is not the case here. I don't like... UCLA's wide receivers as much as I like LSU's. I don't like UCLA's secondary as much as I like LSU's. But old school SEC football is actually happening with the Pac-12 team. And so uh, I will take the the home dog as my first money line. My second one is uh, it's just jumping out the gate with Talia, man. I mean, we've got a fun West Virginia-Maryland game. I think it could get weird. And I think there's a decent chance that the Terps win – so um, with some, some good athleticism, with uh, you know trying to get things going, and for both these teams, it's the kind of game where it could determine whether you're bowling or not. I love the way that uh, the, the border war, uh, the, in, the stakes of needing this win for both of these coaches and both these programs, uh, I'm going to go with the home team there as well. So Maryland and UCLA, a couple of field goal dogs are my money line sprinkles. Give me the Hokies. <laughs> Plus 190. Yep. I so there's four I debated here. I'm not gonna give out four million sprinkles. I I think North Carolina might be really, really good, actually, but I think there's a chance that they're not fully ready for this opener. I do like Justin Fuente in openers. I think his teams are typically pretty prepared. I think on Saturdays or Fridays, hopefully in this case, he's a good coach. The other ones I looked at, I did take a piece of Temple plus 520 uh, at Rutgers. That game's been been moved. I think Utah State, anything plus 650 is worth a look at Washington State. And uh, uh, Chip, I, I want to get in on that Maryland with you. So are you locking up Utah State, though? Uh well, I figured it's probably not 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 good to do four money line sprinkles. Cool. But like, so, but Maryland and VTech, you do it. Maryland VTech, yeah, we'll, cool. we'll keep it a little bit reasonable. Same sort of thought on West Virginia Maryland. So I bet the over in this game, uh, mm-hmm. which I think pairs better with a Maryland victory than it does with a West Virginia victory. Even though I believe West Virginia's defense will be slightly worse than last year, and I think their offense under Neil Brown, uh, you know, will improve some. I think a higher scoring game uh, favors Maryland. So. Since I bet the over, I think this game will score in the 60s. Um, I think that favors Maryland a little bit more. Shout out to Eli. Maryland loves season openers against the Big 12. <laughs> Let's go, Terps. Did we see the, the the comment? I put this in the private chat by uh, by Fireball1207. Yeah. He said, it looks like Danny Cannell. <laughs> Why does that dude look like Danny Cannell? <laughs> I did see, uh, I think Coca threw it up there for everyone to see. I just realized about three minutes ago that you could actually follow along the, the comments like by clicking <laughs> into the chat room. So now I'm going to be so distracted. Next episode, I want to be paying attention. I'll just be Don't reading look. the comments the Discipline Danny. Stay focused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go eyes focused right now. I'm going to have the blinders on. Uh, Adam's got the jokes. I, I thank you very much for tuning in, uh, Adam. I definitely would have skipped uh, class to watch the Cover 3 podcast. Yeah, you learn more here than you ever will in a classroom. That's 100%. <laughs> 
You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Enjoy the locks. We will be back live again on Saturday night. Exact timing TBD. We'll wait for Georgia and Clemson to be put to bed and uh, you know, sort of see where uh, UCLA LSU is. Maybe we are broadcasting as that game is concluding. Would not be the first time, won't be the last that we have that kind of scenario. Uh, but just sort of keep your eyes, follow on Twitter at Cover3Podcast or any of us. We will be sure to be put the word out to let you know the exact timing of the live Saturday night reaction show. And gets posted right to the podcast feed. So if you're used to taking that in on Sunday mornings or shout out to all y'all in Australia who are getting it, getting your Sunday started like right after I hit publish, um, it'll, it'll be there at somewhat of a regular time. Gentlemen, it's fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck.